Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, we got um, some basketball um, to talk about at a variety of levels, international, NBA. Um, We're also going to look back, and Kyle published a piece on an all-decade team. I'm going to call him out for his snubs and uh, tell him why he's a big old fool. And UK football got another commitment, so we'll discuss that as well. Uh, But Kyle, let's start with kind of like the potpourri basketball news that has happened to former UK guys. Isaac Humphreys signed a deal with the Orlando Magic, according to Olgan Ulrich of Fox Sports Australia. I think that's how you say that. Do you speak Australian? Yeah, he's, I think he's the guy that breaks like all the news on those uh, Australian guys. Um, and yeah, good for, good for uh, Isaac. Uh, he was back here this summer doing the, uh, the benefit concert sort of his musical debut at the opera house and uh, raising money for Ronald McDonald's house. He's a really good dude. And, uh, one of the more thoughtful guys we've ever covered here. And, and, you know, he took a non-traditional route, you know, he left after his sophomore season where he never averaged more than like, you know, 10 or 12 minutes a game at Kentucky, you know, had this incredible final act in the elite eight where he almost was the hero, um, to send him to the final four and then decided to just, up and leave and I think surprised everybody he wasn't obviously going to get drafted in the NBA went back home played in Australia for a year last year bounced around with the G League and then played I think the last five games of the season with the Atlanta Hawks went to summer league with a different team the Clippers I think yes Uh, um, didn't quite catch on there played well in some small bursts but um, has definitely taken sort of an unusual route and, uh, you know, this seems like a pretty good chance for him, uh, if not to totally make it, but maybe to just to make that next step. Uh, because you know, people forget when he left Kentucky, he was only 18 still. He was 17 as a freshman uh, at Kentucky. So he's still a young guy, what, 20, 21 years old. Yeah, um, he was with the, as Kyle, you said there, with the Clippers in summer league, averaged 6.3 points, 3.7 rebounds and an assist per game in summer league. Um, you have to think if you know the Clippers couldn't didn't sign Kawhi Leonard, they probably would have kept Humphreys. But you know you can't have everybody. No. Did, as quick sidebar, did you see any of that press conference today? Uh, no, I did not. Steve Ballmer, the owner who is yes. famous for going crazy and when he was in his Microsoft days, it was like vintage Microsoft Ballmer losing his mind, clapping like a madman. It was it was kind of. Excellent. He is a, a fantastic character. It's funny, really funny to watch him during games. Yeah. Okay. But uh, back to Humphreys. Uh, what he signed was an Exhibit Ten deal, uh, which basically means that it is a. And I'll just read from the reports. Uh, a con. It's a one-year deal worth the minimum salary that guarantees a player will receive a training camp invite. The contracting can then be converted into a two-way contract or the player will be waived. If they're waived, 
They'll be offered $50,000 to sign with the team's G League affiliate. If the player then stays on the roster for 60 days with that G League, they'll earn a $50,000 bonus. Uh, So basically, worst case scenario for Humphreys here with the Magic is he'll be playing with their G League affiliate uh, and earn about $100,000 next season. So all things considered, not a bad a bad deal. Um, basically, this is a new thing that was put in the last collective bargaining agreement. Um, it kind of incentivizes players to stay in state, in the states, as opposed to going overseas once they're cut from training camp rosters. We, I mean, you know, there's tons of Kentucky example, Kyle, like Darius Miller uh, going overseas. Isaiah Briscoe did it, and then eventually coming back into the NBA. This is that's because you know there's more money over in Europe than there is in the G League. This is kind of a in-between where they can make sure guys are still in the States and they can be called up, it seems like. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, you know, for Isaac, I think it's, a, and for players like him, I think it's a great situation to not have to do that, to not be like over somewhere in China where you're playing great and some NBA team would happily have you, but, you know, that that setup sort of preclude, precludes them from uh, making the phone call. Other cats in the NBA news, New York Nick Julius Randle has been added to the roster for the USA Basketball's training camp as they prepare for the FIBA World Cup later this summer. That's from Kyle's colleague at the Athletic, Sham Sharania. Um, it's been uh, <laughs> lots of dudes leaving this training camp. Uh, the list includes uh, former Kentucky player Anthony Davis, who was going to go to the camp and then withdrew. Also, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, C.J. McConnell, Eric Gordon, Zion Williamson. I think today Kevin Na- Kevin Love said he's not going to be participating as in well, but uh, their loss might be Julius Randle's game. Um, he might be going over to the World Games, and I believe they're in yeah in China from as you just mentioned China there August through September 15th, the end of August through September 15th. So, you know, if if Julius Randle makes the roster there, that'd be a awesome experience for him. Yeah, I would not have uh, I would not have predicted Julius Randle would get uh, that opportunity, but so many top level guys have dropped out and that's, you know, a chance for him to one represent the country and two, you know, maybe uh uh maybe sort of make a name for himself a little bit um in a situation where they need somebody. He's a he's been a very productive player. He's coming off a career year in the NBA. He's not all that highly thought of and obviously uh Knicks fans are down on uh, the his addition because they had hopes to land, you know, one of the super big fish and got none of them and and it sort of settled on Julius Randle, but he, I mean, he's a, a very good player. Yeah, um, and this roster is is kind of interesting. <laughs> I'll quickly read off some of the dudes that are Harrison Barnes, uh, Andre Drummond, Tobias Harris, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Paul Millsap, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, P.D. Tucker, Miles Turner, and Kimball Walker. So a lot of, like, mid-level stars uh, and you know, the other thing to keep in mind that, that I, if you're like spinning it positive, it's going to be over in, in China. And obviously that is a big old market for the basketball uh, world. And you know, if you can go over there and people lay some eyes on you, maybe you can help turn that into some more deals. I think what was it? 
Dwayne Wade had a monster shoe contract uh, over there. I forget what the name of the, the shoe was, but you know, there's there's lots of opportunities over there as well. So, you know, Randall, it could be could be a lot of positives if he makes this roster and and goes over to China at the end of August. Sorry, I lost you there. Yeah, I was just saying how awesome things are. Um, and I mentioned shoe, <laughs> uh, Dwayne Wade's shoe deal in China. Uh, and that, as we wrap up this first segment, I will just ask Kyle, Did you? what do you think of a, a, a Zion getting the biggest, I forget how it was reported, annual? I think, big, the, I think the biggest since LeBron, right? I think it was the biggest annual but it was a five-year deal, so I, I, the way I read the wording, and I have yet to see a number on it, the way I read the wording is that uh, LeBron's was longer, so LeBron still probably has the biggest ever, like total money, but Zion's getting paid the most in a specific year for the, his contract with Jordan Brand. I got you. Yeah, I think I think uh, LeBron's like coming out of high school was like 10 years, $90 million or something. Uh, but... Yeah, if it's what is it, seventy five million, the 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 total number, five years, seventy five million, something like that. I yeah, I didn't see the number. I haven't looked uh, in a, a couple hours for it, but yeah, I just saw the the initial report that it was the largest annual. So that would make that would make sense. It, it's crazy. It's also crazy. You know, the thing is, since LeBron, uh, shoe deals have really like gone way down. Like the, the average, you know, annual value of even like the top guys is is not even close to. I don't think what uh, Zion's getting, um, but also it's crazy because he's getting this monster deal that he's going to make way more, like way more, um, in endorsement money than for his actual NBA contract. Yep, and that's uh, that's often pointed out uh, with a lot of guys. Um, well, not a lot of guys, but multiple guys in the NBA. LeBron being one of them, and how he makes more from Nike than any NBA team, even though he makes a ton from NBA teams. So it's kind of a and a tug of war between those two empires, the NBA and shoe companies. Um, coming up next, we got to talk a little football recruiting because Kentucky football has a new player. We'll talk about that right after this. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Carrington Valentine. That is a pretty solid name, isn't it, Kyle? That is a spectacular name. I, it's, it's rare that you hear a name that you've never heard at all, and that is one of them. I think the coaches will all agree he has he has heart. Get it? Because Valentine. I'm I'm just gonna pretend like you're not talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, three star cornerback from Cincinnati, Moeller, committed to UK. Um, had offers from Cincinnati, Louisville, Duke, Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue, Wake Forest, Rutgers, West Virginia, and others. Uh, oh, also uh, Michigan State, Pittsburgh, Boston College. So tons of schools involved with him. Six foot tall, 178 pound. Another Ohio prospect that UK is getting to come to Lexington. He talked about proximity to home, playing in a factor. I'm reading an article from catspaws.com. He also pointed to Coach Clinkscale and Coach Stoops, pedigree with DBs. Kyle, you've been, I mean, we've talked about that a ton, the history that Mark Stoops has with uh, defensive backs going all the way back to his days in Miami. 
yeah, he's, you know, uh, if I'm a, a top-level defensive back, there's only a handful of coaches, you know, even in Stoops' category. Um, he's been, and it's, you know, it goes back his entire career, his very first job at, at Wyoming. He They had, like, this horrific uh, secondary, and he took over this, the DB's coach, and they uh, led the nation in interceptions, so... Um, and it's gone, you know, all the way from there, uh, you know, Arizona, Florida state, Miami, greatest secondary ever, um, at Miami. And, and, uh, now at Kentucky, you know, it took him a while, but at Kentucky, he, last year he produced a, a legitimately elite secondary. Yep. Um, and there's obviously going to be holes to fill on this year's team, but Carrington, Carrington Valentine coming in the next year. I'm sure there'll be some still playing time available uh, for cornerbacks. He also said, looking at the class, he thinks that they have a chance to be the best in the history of Kentucky and wants to take the program to new heights and challenge for an SEC title. He is the 14th commitment in the Kentucky recruiting class, and that puts them at number 23 in the 247 composite team rankings. The one thing to keep in mind there is sometimes UK has been up in these rankings early on. And I think in large part, and I don't have the numbers all in front of me, um, but when they were ranked high early on in some seasons, that was because of volume. The volume isn't as high right now, so it's kind of quality over quantity. And obviously when I say that, I'm not saying that the recruits they got weren't quality players. They proved themselves on this court. But when you look at the the rankings coming out of high school, they're doing a really solid job in that right now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's switch over to Kyle, your piece today that published on The Athletic. Just quickly um, give a quick overview of it and just kind of like you don't have to give everything, but just tell people what the premise was, how you decided um, – and and then I'll uh, come back and just tell you all your wrongness. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we've been rolling out a bunch of these uh, all-decade teams for college programs, and uh, ten, we decided we'd do 10-man teams, uh, five starters, five reserves. And for most people, I mean, that's maybe some somewhat of a challenge, but uh, I can't think of any school over the last decade it would be harder to do this exercise with. Uh, as I note at the top of this thing, in the 10 years of Calipari, uh, he signed 42 five-star players, had 38 draft picks, 29 first-rounders, and 21 lottery picks with three number one overall guys. So uh, whittling that crop of players down to ten, a 10-man team is pretty ridiculous. You, you're inevitably going to leave off some awesome players. Um you know, and one thing we did was essentially leave the uh, NBA careers out of it, you know, just because this is about Kentucky. Um, you know, like a guy like Devin Booker, who didn't even start at Kentucky, just because he's a budding NBA superstar now with a $200 million contract, doesn't really mean anything for this selection process. And there's some other guys that sort of uh, fit that bill. Even guys that were really good at Kentucky but are like way better as pros, that's not weighed into this. So that's one thing. And then in terms of what is weighed into it, I what I gave a lot of weight to is guys from a list of four sort of 
categories if they checked multiple boxes, and certainly if they checked all of them. And those were consensus All-American. Almost all the guys on my 10-man team were consensus All-Americans, first or second team. A winner of a national award. There are several of those or a few of those. Uh, a record setter uh, or a key figure uh, on a great team. And so um, those were the things that I weighed into it and basically tried to pick. Uh, also, too, we didn't, you know, weren't totally strict on positions. It didn't just straight up point guard, shooting guard, you know, one of each of everything. But we did try to make a team that could actually be a team that could play together, that would function as a basketball team if you ran them out there on the court together. Um, and so that's sort of the thought process behind it. I don't want to give away. I uh, hope people will subscribe and check it out. Uh, it's long. It's about 2,500 words on explaining, excuse me, explaining the team and um, sort of why I picked each guy. But uh, we can talk a little bit about the snubs and, and uh, to tease it for people. Well, I'm going to get into snubs in the next one, but I do want to say this. Like, looking over this, this list, and, you know, if you just did this in your mind, um, it is kind of evident <laughs> that there is a severe lack of shooting <laughs> for Calipari teams. I, I feel like, you know, at the two guard and three positions, there's been quality players, but those were never the positions of strength, I feel like. Kyle is when you kind of went back over this, did that stick out to you as well? Or, I mean, maybe you just knew that. Yeah. Well, I think they've had some really good two guards. I mean, but they haven't had a lot of really pure shooters, Yeah, which is why one, one guy makes the list that maybe wouldn't in the first pass that most people would make through this. Uh, but you know, they've had Jamal Murray, they've had Malik Monk. Uh, they just had Tyler hero. He's obviously, I don't think he had the kind of year that puts him on an all time team, but he was really good. Yeah. Uh, They've had some really good two guards. They just haven't, they've had very few just dead eye shooters at the two guard. And then where it's glaring the point to your point though, is small forward that with that without a doubt is the biggest hole, um, in this crazy parade of talent that John Calipari has gotten. He just really hasn't signed the top, you know, one or two small forwards in really ever. I mean, he did with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. You know, Darius Miller was the player he inherited who was a really good uh, small forward, and, uh, you know, in terms of a shooting guy, you know, one of the probably the best small forward they've had. Um, started for an Elite Eight and a Final Four team, uh, and, but was and was the sixth man behind Kid Gilchrist on the title team. Um, beyond that, I mean, in selecting this team, I'll tell you that, what, I mean, Kid Gilchrist is on the team. He's the only true small forward. Uh, I went with just forwards, uh, non-specific forwards on the second team, basically uh, a point guard, a shooting guard, and then three power forwards on my second team uh, because there is a dearth of, of, you know, true small forwards that were really, really good at Kentucky. That's good use of the word dearth. Yes. Dearth, not girth. (laughs) All right, coming up, I tell Kyle Tucker, who he missed. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How are you going to leave off Brandon Knight? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> without saying who my point guards are, that is a loaded position at Kentucky. Um, and, and he was a tough one. I, I would say, you know, I didn't want to put 
I, I could load. I could have loaded this team up basically with all point guards and power forwards and had a ridiculous collection of talent. But they wouldn't have been sort of wouldn't have stuck to the idea of trying to make it a real team. I wanted two point guards. I think everybody knows who one of them is. I mean, you know, John Wall is was probably the second easiest person to put on this team besides Anthony Davis. Um, and, and you know, and after that, you know, you could compare a bunch of guys. I mean, I would argue in terms of like how they were playing at the end of the year, I would take Deer and Fox over almost all of them. Yeah. I have uh, maybe maybe all of them like like NCAA tournament time, De'Aaron Fox. You know, last three four weeks of the season, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I'd probably take over all of them, but in you know evaluating on the whole, and some of its impact too. Like you know, for one, like John, a guy like John Wall. You know, I mean, he he had a, an impact on Kentucky that went well beyond what he did in that one year. And what he did in that one year was you know he was first team All American one national freshman of the year. He set numerous records. Um, so he, you know, there was some of that too. Um, but, you know, I do feel bad that I had to leave a guy like Brandon Knight off the team, but I only wanted to have two point guards, a starter and a backup. Um, I wasn't going to like play him out of position at, at the two guard. Cause I had, you know, what I felt like were good options there. Um, but yeah, he, he's got a great case. I mean, that, that is, Point guard and power forward are the most loaded two positions um, that Calipari has had since he's been here. It's just been ridiculous. And his rep for a long time was the point guard, you know, whisperer going back to, you know, having Tyreek Evans and uh, and Derrick Rose at Memphis. Uh, but, it, you know, a couple of years into it, two or three years into it at Kentucky, it, it kind of flipped and uh, all his elite guys were big guys. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, I don't know when did uh, when did what do you I always forget what year did Kenny Payne get to UK? That was the- uh, I believe he came. Uh, believe the year of the national championship, either that year or the year before. He was definitely not with Boogie and those guys in the first year. Yeah, so uh, maybe maybe you can kind of tie that a little bit to him. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that is that is kind of the thing. If you just wanted, if you picked. That would be an interesting exercise as well, Kyle. If you just pick the top ten players from the Calipari era, how many would be power forward centers? Right. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, and that's what I would say to people as well. This is not a list of the ten ranking the ten best players of the Calipari era. That would be a totally different list um, to me. But putting together the best ten man team, real basketball team that would go play games, um, you know, you got to you got to think a little bit differently. And so, um, again, without giving too much away, I would say that one thing that I like about doing this is there's two guys on my team that I feel like have been largely underrated, um, players just not thought about or talked about a lot in the, you know, of all the great players in the Calipari era who had monster seasons or were just incredible contributors in one way or another. Uh, and they made my team, so now they uh, they're getting a little little uh, due attention, I think. Who would your uh, staff be between Joel Justice, Kenny Payne, Tony Barbie, John Robick, Rod Strickland, Slice Rorson, Orlando Antigua? Ah, woo, <laughs> putting me on the spot here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go no comment. <laughs> I don't think anything good could come of of me uh, doing that. 
All uh, the guys who are currently on the staff. <laughs> that's who I would pick. That's what I was going to say. That's an easy question, Kyle. You pick yeah. the guys that are currently around. Yeah. I will uh, say, I, I, I think I think they've sort of missed Rod Strickland. Uh, you know, and he has some, some of his own issues or had some of his own issues. Um, but in terms of, you know, on the court coaching, I think having a just a phenomenal point guard in his own right uh, to work with those point guards was a big deal. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, so go check out Kyle's piece on the Athletic on his all-decade team. It was it worked out nice for you that that basically that was just Calipari's tenure. Yeah, well, it's it, I also fudged it a little bit because you know technically speaking, I think what everybody else did was start with the 2010-11 season uh, and and go through now and basically project whether anybody on their current team could you know this coming season could make their way onto the list first of all I don't I think Kentucky has a really good team this year and obviously guys can you know surprise you and I think you know a guy like Tyrese Maxey could be a star Ashton Hagens if he just goes nuts as a sophomore EJ Montgomery one of those guys could but as I look at it right now I don't see anybody that I think is gonna is necessarily an all-decade caliber guy on this year's team and it just was a tidy way for me it was really nice and easy it was act 10 actual seasons of john calipari's teams have played basketball now so we can go we can have a a true full decade all decade team uh the others basically dealing with nine years going into the 10th year yeah and to your point that shows again the ridiculous amount of talent because if i mean pick your whoever you think is going to be the guy the guy this year like ashton haggins is probably going to have a terrific season he would, I would venture to guess, he would make most programs all-decade team if he continues the progress and plays on the upcoming season like we kind of think. Or maybe Tyrese Maxey. You know, any of those guys could be on a lot of, a lot of programs, all-decade teams potentially. Yeah, and and may or may not, you know, unless they just go totally nuts, may or may not make this one. You know, may not be on the top ten players in Kentucky history. That's like, you know, I wonder sometimes too, as you look at a list like this. I would think that a lot of programs, you know, certainly less than blue blood programs, that is part of their recruiting pitch. Like, look how easy it is to get lost in the shuffle uh, at Kentucky. And there's, I mean, I think that's a fair point to make if, if you're, a, if it's a player you're dealing with who cares about that, who cares about personal recognition, um, you know, you, that might appeal to them. Like, yeah, I'd like to go somewhere where if I have a really an all American season, I'm an all time player. At Kentucky, there's, you know, I think 12 or 13 uh, major All-American team guys. Uh, so even if you do a top 10, there's two or three of those guys are getting left off. And, and, and as I lead the piece with, a guy like Aaron Harrison started 78 out of the 79 games during a, a two-year stretch where Kentucky played in the national championship game and got to the Final Four undefeated. He hit three straight clinching three-pointers to send them to the – national championship game uh is one of the clutchest guys they've ever had is that is like an iconic player in a way with that stretch of you know the go ahead threes uh and if they'd finished it off with a national title certainly uh and yet like there's there was no way he was gonna make this this all decade team you know which is just kind of crazy i think you should have had dakari johnson on the team just so he could provide quotes 
Yes, I should have made us. I should have made the tenth spot just the best quote. But he's already the guy. But the best overall quote of the Calipari era made my team anyway. Wait, is that Isaac Humphreys? Re- 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 Travis? <laughs> <laughs> you keep waffling on that. I know. I know. Um, quick correction from yesterday's podcast, pointed out by our buddy Matt Boatman, who listens. It will not be a matchup next year from humor, former UK player Mark Pope. Uh, with Utah Valley. He moved on to BYU. I forgot he got that big-time job. So one less storyline for next year's roster, but I think that game was put on the schedule and thought process that he would be there. Uh, so yes, one less thing to write about, <laughs> I guess, Kyle. Yeah, there's not going to be – that That leaves exactly zero, uh, zero storylines for the uh, Kentucky-Utah Valley game. Please, if you'd like to interact with the show like Matt did, you can tweet us at LockedOnUK on Twitter. We're also on Instagram at LockedOnUK. Follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can listen to me on 6.30 WLAP weeknights, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Big Blue Insider. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. And read his work on The Athletic. Please subscribe to this podcast and then share it with somebody else who would enjoy via social media, text message, or just word of mouth. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Trucking along. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, pull this thing up. What else are we going to talk about tonight? I have a horrible cold, by the way. Ugh.